Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio as well as the Aaron Torres Podcast. And Aaron, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. It's been a while. How you doing? Fellas, what's going on? How are you? <laughs> We're doing good, man, because, uh, you know, we know that you, of course, you know this better than anybody. It's like sports People think, oh, it's it's dead. There's nothing going on. Everything's boring now. But so we've seen just from the past few days, and I know somebody like you, uh, you know, it's it keeps it entertaining, man. And there's plenty of stuff to be going on in the sports world. Yeah, John, it's funny. You know, it is a little bit slower. But I mean, one, obviously, you know, the Hogs. Uh, you know, I I know making it to Omaha obviously extends what you guys do. But uh, it is a little slower. It's funny, my, my radio partner, Jason Martin, and I were talking the other day, and he said, man, I can't wait for football. And I was like, you know, I'll be honest, I kind of can. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited that it's coming. Like, I'm literally doing prep work for the season ahead as we, as we chat here right now. But at the same time, uh, you know, I do enjoy these, you know, really, it's, we're down to about three, four weeks where there really isn't a ton. But I know that summer league started. There's obviously a lot of hogs playing out in, uh, in Vegas. Um, obviously, you know, SEC media days are what about two weeks away. So it's crazy because you think, you know, you have all this time in the world and then it just starts right back up again. And, uh, as you said, John, it never really slows down. Although I guess this is about as slow as it's going to get. So Aaron, for you, you get a nice little break away from, uh, kind of some of the mainstream sports, but do you ever get a chance to make it to Vegas for summer league to check out some of those games? Yeah, I've actually been multiple times. You know, I mean, obviously I know, uh, you know, travel isn't easy right now um, just because of prices and everything. But I I encourage, if you're a basketball fan, I'll tell you this. It it is, I think, one of the best deals in sports. So for people who don't know the setup, um, they play at the Thomas and Max Center, which is where UNLV plays. But then also is an attached gym where the UNLV women play. And so essentially from about 11 a.m. until about 9, 10, 11 at night, you have games going on in both gyms all day. Uh, you know, I don't know what the day pass is. The last time I went, Joe, was probably about three years ago, and it, it's about like 20 25 bucks. But, I mean, you, you can watch basketball for 12 hours if you want. Now, you know, I know John would be down on the strip, uh, you know, doing God knows what with God knows who. But for the rest of us, you know, uh, it's a good little break from the sun and the heat and the pools and all that stuff. So I have been – uh, it is actually, again, I think it's one of the best bargains in sports. And then I joke, but Vegas is my favorite city in America, and there's obviously plenty to do when you're not in the gym. But I definitely encourage, you know, if, if people can make it out there in the future, I know the, the Hawks are going to have plenty of guys there not only this year but in the coming years as well. It's definitely worth the trip if you're a sports fan, specifically obviously a basketball fan as well. I know people were talking about Chet Holmgren and his uh, performance last night and a lot of upside. I know he's a Gonzaga guy in Arkansas. He even played against him and – the NCAA tournament and was able to get a victory of him. But, man, people are really thinking that he could be a game changer for OKC. I know it's a summer league game, but, man, it's hard not to be excited if you're not a, if you're a Thunder fan and seeing the type of play that he has right now. Well, it's a it's a big story because, as you said, John, there's there's literally nothing else to talk about. Like, if, if um, you know, I, obviously summer league wouldn't overlap with, like, the NFL. But, um, you know, I think it, there wasn't much on TV last night. I'd be sitting here and lying and saying that it, that I was watching it. Um, you know, uh, I, I did see that Jalen Williams, the Arkansas Jalen Williams, not the Santa Clara Jalen Williams, was playing well uh, for, for Oklahoma City. So, you know, it's one of those things. You know, it's obviously there's 
tends to be kind of a lot of overreaction with all this stuff. But um, I'm excited to see, and I'll say this to him from the hog perspective, I'm excited to see Moses Moody. I mean, I think he obviously uh, is a guy that I think a lot of people are excited to see, you know, as, as the defending champions kind of get a little bit older. How does his role change? What does he look like in year two? Uh, J.D. Note, I don't believe he played a ton in that, uh, you know, the Bay Area event, so I'm hoping to see him a little bit. But I think even from the Hogs' perspective, even if you, you know, I know you guys probably follow OKC closely because you're pretty close by, but I think OKC has a lot of reason to be excited, but I think those Hogs fans that are going to tune in have a lot of reason to be excited as well. Uh, and for those, uh, you know, for those that overlap, obviously having Jalen Williams playing for Oklahoma City uh, makes it for a fun little event. Aaron, with uh, the news from college football, Big Ten acquiring USC-UCLA, he had a pretty funny tweet about driving through yeah. Big Ten country. And it yeah. uh, seems yeah. like the Pac-12 is falling apart, man. It, it seemed like not too long ago it was the Big 12, now it's the Pac-12. Well, yeah, I must say, you know, it was driving through beautiful Los Angeles last night. You know, just real salt-of-the-earth Big Ten country, you know, Iowa City, West Lafayette, Champaign, Los Angeles, all the great Big Ten markets that we have now. And, um, you know, it's sad. Um, It's also the reality. And and I think, you know, John and I have been talking for years, Joe. I've obviously gotten to know you uh, through the last couple of years. And, and, you know, we we all love college sports not only because of our team, but because of the rivals and the tradition. And I understand that some tradition has to go by the wayside uh, for the good of the sport as a whole, but but I, I you know I am a little bummed. I am a little bummed not only because of this move, um, but because of what it probably means for the coming moves. I mean, you know, I've talked about it a lot on my podcast over the last couple of days. If you really look at the economics of things, Notre Dame is leaving a ton of money on the table at this point by staying independent. And you know, if NBC doesn't rip up that Notre Dame TV contract. Uh, and redo it, uh, I don't see a scenario where Notre Dame stays independent unless somebody else is willing to pay them, you know, Big Ten or Big Ten or SEC quality TV money. And I think at this point we all know that the TV networks are running things, and I think both TV networks are jockeying to get them into, uh, frankly, either one of the conferences. I know the Big Ten would make more sense, uh, but I, don't, I think if, if, if Notre Dame called Greg Stanky tomorrow, he would take them in a heartbeat. So I bring all this up to say, you know, UCLA, USC, unfortunately just felt like the tip of the iceberg for what could be coming for the SEC, what could be coming for the Big Ten. And then, as you said, Joe, I, I just think if the Pac-12 somehow survives, if the Pac-12 somehow merges with the Big 12, the bottom line remains that, that it isn't changing the, the power structure and the hierarchy of college football. Uh, we're going to call these conferences Power Five over the next couple of years until USC and UCLA leave. But there is a power to there are no mega conferences or super conferences behind the SEC and the Big Ten. They are, you know, kind of continuing to separate themselves. And I think as, as, as Hogs fans, you just have to be grateful that you're in the right place at the right time because uh, there's no better place to be in the SEC right now. As many schools, I, I believe, not only right, uh, you know, not only in the future, but I believe right now are trying to scramble to join the 16 SEC teams that currently are, are in place with Oklahoma and Texas. So, Aaron, what do you think is the best-case scenario for the Pac-12? Because obviously we know that uh, what's what's happening is they've missed some teams. We saw something and a report from uh, Dennis Dodd that there's like a loose partnership being talked about with the ACC and the Pac-12 and everything. What's, what's kind of the best-case scenario for the Pac-12? Because as of right now, it looks like uh, their, their hope is pretty slim. You know, John, it's not only what is the best case. Here's my question is, I, you know, so here's the deal. I, I do think, and I've thought, until Notre Dame officially says we're making the jump, right? 
Um, I don't think there's going to be like this crazy rush of realignment. Maybe the SEC is working behind the scenes, and I think they probably are. But you're, but but I, I think the big move is Notre Dame. And so when you ask what the best situation is for the Pac-12, I don't even know. And here's why I don't know. The, the reason that the USC-UCLA thing happened last week is because the Pac-12 TV contract is coming up in 2024. And this was the time for USC and UCLA to make the move. And I guess my point I'm trying to get to, guys, is I just don't know if you're one of these 10 Pac-12 schools. How do you commit to anything in the long term knowing that if Notre Dame – you know, if you sign a contract today – and Notre Dame decides tomorrow that they're leaving for the Big Ten, I mean, that potentially opens up the Big Ten for major expansion, whether it is just one Pac-12 school or whether it's taking three or four and going to 20 teams, 24 teams, whatever. So, John, that's the part that, that I, don't, I, I don't think there's a good answer to, is I think you know, everybody's saying the right things. But it's funny you mentioned the Dennis Dodd report. I was hosting you know, Fox Sports Radio yesterday, and we had him on our show. And I talked to Dennis about the fact that it feels like a chicken-in-the-egg thing from the Pac-12 is, is they put out this big statement yesterday that they are in a negotiating window and open to all offers. But it, it's kind of, to me, it feels like the Pac-12 is, is trying to say to the, to the TV networks, hey, let, let's go ahead and lock this thing in so we can get our teams locked in. And I think the, the, the TV networks are, how can we commit to anything when we don't know who your teams are even going to be? So I, I guess in theory, um, you know, Maybe you add a team or two and, and keep the Pac-12 name. I Maybe you merge with the Big 12. I don't think there's a great scenario. And, and, and I think the bigger question is, how do you get a commitment from any of these teams long-term, knowing that there could be more realignment along the way? This stuff just goes so quick, you just don't know, guys. You just don't know. Well, what do you think of uh, there are 10 teams left behind, of course, with the Pac-12, but the Big 12 is trying to make a power play and take six of those teams. So now you're talking about, only four teams being left behind in Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. So that could complicate things even more in the fact that the Big 12, they're making a power play to try to save themselves. Yeah, guys, I think the thing that we've learned um, throughout all these rounds of realignment is, one, obviously money drives it, right? But, two, if you're not aggressive, somebody else is going to be. And so I, I think from the Big 12's perspective, I think it's a smart move. I think it solidifies yourself as a clear third team, and I think it, it, it obviously would, at that point, essentially eliminate um, you know, another conference that could potentially raid your conference for teams. And so I give the Big 12 credit, and you know, if I was a betting man, and well, I guess I sort of am a betting man, but I guess if I was putting money on it, that's probably where I think this thing goes, is I think at this point it wouldn't surprise me to see um, – you know, I, I think those schools are all trying to get out. It's whether it makes sense for the Big 12 and whether it makes sense for, for the six schools. And so if I was a betting man, I'd suspect that what, that's what happens. And then it becomes a question of does the Pac-12 quote-unquote exist uh, years, uh, you, know, you know, however many years from now. And that's an answer uh, right now that would probably be no, right? There would only be four teams left of those 12. You know, maybe the, the, the Oregon State, Washington State, maybe they go to the Mountain West. I, I, don't, I can't see – anybody being excited to join something called the Pac-12 that's down to Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. So it's wild because I, I do think it feels like it's one of those everybody's saying all the right things publicly, but we know behind the scenes everybody is going to do what's in their best interest. It's, if I could just kind of give an overview, I think it seems to me as though Arizona 
wants to go to the Big 12. It seems as though for some reason Oregon and Washington aren't quite as excited about that. Why, I do not know. Uh, but it just speaks to just the craziness of all this, guys, and the fact that you know th- this USC-UCLA thing is going to have a huge trickle-down effect. Um, but ultimately, none of it is going to matter at the highest level of sports because, as I said at the beginning, it's the SEC, Big Ten, everybody else. But it's just fascinating to see kind of all these next steps. I know you got to run, Aaron, but it's just a quick question for you. Does Baker Mayfield sure. work out in Carolina? You know, guys, I hope. Um, I, you know, I know he's a polarizing guy. It was funny. I'll tell you guys a story really quick. You know, I was hosting Fox Sports Radio Christmas night, and if people remember, the, the Browns played the Packers on Christmas Day last year, and Baker was so bad. But it was also one of those things where you could tell how injured he was, and it felt like, he was taking all the blame. And I thought some of it was on the coaching staff. Some of it was on other, you know, group, you know, position groups, whatever. And Baker was kind of the fall guy to use the term that we all use. So I, I hope he works. Um, and I think it's going to be kind of interesting, right? Because, you know, obviously you guys talk a ton of college football, you know, Matt rule was like this darling, you know, everybody was in, in, in line to sign him, And it really shows you in the NFL, it doesn't matter who the coach is. If, if you don't have the right quarterback, it's not going to work out. So, this is now year three for Matt Rule. Uh, I think he needs Baker Mayfield to work. I kind of hope Baker Mayfield works. Obviously, that division, New Orleans, is going through some change. Atlanta is Atlanta, so there's wins to be had. Um, I think he works out pretty well. I, you know, I don't, I don't think he suddenly elevates into like the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow tier, but I think it could work out pretty well. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and I'll be honest, guys, I did not know until about an hour ago that we're getting Cleveland, uh, Carolina week one, but that should certainly be uh, from a storyline perspective an entertaining contest. So That's literally the only time that anybody will ever mention Cleveland <laughs> versus Carolina being a must-watch game in week one. But it could be fascinating, man. It could absolutely well, be fascinating. It sh- I'll say this real quick, and then I'll roll, is that it, it does show, like, the NFL, you know, I love college football, but I think the talk, especially with the USC-UCLA stuff, is outside of, you know, 12, 15 brands, a lot of these games don't matter. The NFL is unbelievable at creating storylines where it doesn't just have to be a big brand like the Cowboys or the Packers. As you said, John, who would have guessed a month ago or a week ago or a day ago that we'd be talking about, better make sure you're in front of the TV for week one Carolina-Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, so I appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, yeah, it was great catching up, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Aaron. Have a good one, man. All right. Thanks, fellas. Take care.